The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. This happened in the beginning of World War I, when the Turks were running the country, the Ottoman Empire controlled Eretz Yisrael, and when they were fighting now, the British, and anybody that was old enough to hold a gun was drafted to the war. And Rizav Chaim had a meeting with the Chancellor of Turkey, an ambassador, I think, it was an ambassador, and they made some type of a deal that they're going to make a Rishima of Talmidei Chachamim, that Torosam Umnosam, they don't work. They don't do anything, just sit and learn Torah. They're not really cut out to be at war. They'll probably be killed within five seconds if they go to the front. It's not good for the morale of the country, of the war, if you have these people in your army. So they were going to get a deferment for all these people that they shouldn't have to go to the war. They shouldn't be drafted. Unfortunately, Rabbi Yeshua Sharabani was left off the list. When they realized that it was too late, they already gave him the list and they couldn't put him on. <coughs> At that time, Rabbi Yeshua Sharabani all of a sudden got very sick. And when he went to the doctor, the doctor told him that he has to immediately remove his gallbladder. It's a surgery, but his kidneys were infected. They had to wait for the infection to go down before they could make the surgery. Meanwhile, they put him into the hospital. But since he wasn't getting the um, the uh, operation right away, so they didn't make him put on the pajamas of the hospital. So he was wearing regular clothing. And someone saw him there, and right away malshined on him to the Turkish authorities that there's a young man hanging out in the hospital. He's hiding. And they got a description, they figured out that it's Rabbi Shua Sharabani. So the Turks came to the hospital, and they're not raiding the hospital, they went to Dr. Valach's office, and they came to him and they said, Rabbi Yid, you have a guy, Sharabani, and he's not on the list, and he didn't come to the draft. We need him, we're taking him, we're confiscating him, we're going to put him in jail, whatever, we're going to send him to the front lines. So, Dr. Valak said, listen here, you know, he just had surgery two days ago, and uh, wait two weeks till he recovers, and then I'll, I'll release him, and you'll take him. So they said, yeah, but um, how do we know that he really had surgery two days ago? And they were saying this because they knew that he was walking around in plain clothes. So he said, you don't trust me. I would show him to you, but if he saw police at his bedside, he would die. It would be such a fright. In his condition of after surgery, he would die. So I can't show him to you. Come back in two weeks, you have him. So the Turks said, we want him anyway. So Dr. Wallach said, you realize that I will report you that you killed the soldier in the Turkish army. 
Because if you wait two weeks, the army will have an extra soldier. But if you go now, he's going to die. It's going to be your fault that the Ottoman Empire lost the soldier on your back. So they said, oh, okay, 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 okay. Fine, we're not looking for trouble. And they left. They came back two weeks later, and Dr. Wallach told them, I'm so sorry. We don't know what happened, but this morning, when we went to give him breakfast, he was gone. He still has stitches. He's gone. And Itaka had surgery. But he was really in the hospital. And the Turks were out looking for him. And finally, Dr. Wallach told him, I can't keep you here any longer. They're going to find me. They're going to find you here. And someone's going to master on you. And they're going to close down the hospital. Because I'm fooling them. So, I'm giving you 48 hours to figure out an aid to get out. His wife came to visit him that day, and she, he told his wife, listen here, you got to go to Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld and tell him what's going on. He has to save my life. <clears throat> so it was Shavasa Batamas, and Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld told the lady, go to the hospital, take a taxi, I'm going to come myself, I'm going to walk. He walked 45 minutes all the way till the hospital entrance. When he got to the door, there was a guard. He met the lady, and he told the lady that she should wait here, and he's going to get Dr. Wallach. He tells the guard, tell Dr. Wallach that Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld is here, and he's not coming into the hospital until he comes down to the door. He comes down, and Dr. Wallach tells him, what's going on here? You walked in, Shavasa is not healthy for you. And you don't come inside? Come inside. I'm not coming into the hospital until you promise me you're going to take care of this yet. He says, Rabbi Yosef Chaim, it's, a, it's, it's dangerous. Rabbi Yosef Chaim told him, I promise you nothing's going to happen to you if you take care of this Tom And he says, I want you to keep him here until the problem goes away. Dr. Wallace says it could be four years, five years. Who knows how long World War I could take? Rabbi Yosef Chaim says, you have to be a Makabal. Okay? When the Rav says, you got to listen. So, this year, Rabbi Shua Sharabani stayed in the hospital. He got meals three times a day. And he sat in the Besaknesis of the hospital a whole day sitting in Harving learning. About a year later, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zanafel came to the hospital for a bris. A lot of times the babies were not so well, or the mother wasn't so well. So even when the baby recovered, they made the bris in the hospital. So, Rabbi Yeshua Sarabani went over to Rabbi Yosef Chaim and said, Rabbi, having a problem. He says, what's the problem? He says, my kids, my kids, I'm scared they're going to go off the derech. No one's learning with them. No one's taking care of them. It's, it's a hefka. So, Rabbi Yosef Chaim went to Dr. Wallach and he told him what's going to be with, with, with Rav Sharabani's kids. He says, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to give permission that the kids could come here every day before lunch for an hour so they could learn with the father. And you give them lunch too. 
And that's what happened until the end of World War I. And in the Sefer Ish Al-Khayma it says that every one of Rabbi Shua Sharabani's kids became G'doyle Olam. They all became Arbitzei Torah, Choshev Rabbanim because of the Ibigi Geben Kite of Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld. What he put in to save a Yiddish Talmud Chacham, eventually they all, the Zganz and Mishpacha, became the Teferis and Ganz Klai Yisrael. You see what Rabbi Yosef Chaim was willing to do. On a tiniest walk, 45 minutes. Put his life on the line. Be macabre that even during a war, nothing's going to happen, it's on his places. For what? To save one Yid. And that's how we have to treat each other. If we treated every single person like the future God, like his kids, this family is going to produce the next Gedoyle Torah, we'd have a different relationship in Klai Yisrael. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.